Money for nothing, chicks for free. Yeah, that was a classic song. We're going to talk about money today. Seems to be on everybody's mind lately. Does a day go by where you don't think about money, Dale Martin? Absolutely not. (laughs) Anna Maria Long? No, I have twins in daycare. Definitely not. It's all about money. Toby Tobin, you are. Every hour. (laughs) Every hour, Brian. I prefer money in my hand. Yeah. As opposed to money on my mind. All right. And chicks aren't free either. I'll tell you that. So whatever. But (laughs) hey, um, it's Free For All Friday. I'm David Ayers. Good morning, everybody. And Dale Martin, our city manager for Flagler Beach. Are you loving Flagler Beach? It's very enjoyable. I've been very welcome, very warm community. Everybody's loving on our new city manager. So far. City council is putting up with you. And yes, they are. All so. right, good. All right, I love hearing that. You know, we like to hear the uh, communities going and growing and a lot happening. We'll check in with that. How's the waves out there? You um, came by the ocean, you know. Yeah, they're, they're, it's a pretty angry ocean this morning. Mm-hmm. It's expected to get worse all weekend. Surfers out there? No, I think it's a little too for that <laughs> okay. this morning. So, so do, you, do you get to go to the beach every day? Dale? Yeah, I'm fortunate enough, actually, the way the roads are configured, yeah, I pretty much have to drive, at least <laughs> visualize the ocean as I drive by it every morning, so it's not a bad thing. Awesome. Okay, Jonathan Lord, Emergency Management, uh, reporting in on the news today about tomorrow could get pretty rough, the uh, Starlight Parade, a lot of things, you know, canceled with for good reason. Tonight, though, Banal is going to uh, go on, actually, today is going to be a pretty good day for listening on the podcast, this is Friday, December 15th. Anna Maria Long, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And uh, so we're going to talk about the building and the cost of building and problems and all the good stuff and up, upside to it. Toby, Tobin is the one that got me in trouble on this show already. <laughs> um, we did a, the promo was why you can't afford an, to be anti-growth here in Flagler County or anywhere. We're just talking about Flagler County, Flagler Beach, Palm Coast and, and Benel, our own local community. And on your show, Toby, you had, this is, I heard it, I was listening, and I'm going, holy crap, I can't believe Walker Douglas said that the whole government, even banking, is like a Ponzi scheme. And that sparked all kinds of um, people not liking the promo, and I thought, you know, I'm going to let it stand, because we're going to talk about it, because a Ponzi scheme is Toby Okay, a, a, a Ponzi scheme is, uh, this is from the, from the dictionary, a fraudulent investment operation that pays quick returns to initial contributors using money from subsequent contributors rather than from profit. And, you know, that really does describe our banking system, too. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, so. and, and this is a Ponzi scheme that uh, I think a lot of people jump to the conclusion, uh, is natural for them to do, that the Ponzi scheme is perpetrated by, by the builders and the developers for their own benefit. And the beneficiaries of this Ponzi scheme are the very same people who are against growth. It's, it's how the longer, term, the longer your term of residence is, the more you benefit. Florida does an excellent job of uh, covering their revenue that's one, one of the reasons we don't have a state income tax is because we do such a good job of collecting money from non-residents or tourists and the newer arrivals. The um, homestead, um, let me ask you, Dale Martin, about Flag the Beach there. What percent of the revenue that you have for operating expenses to take care of the, the residents and quality of life and that come from property taxes in Flag the Beach? It's Just. approximately 60% is uh, due to ad valorem taxes, correct. Okay. And we're going to 
I'm trying to kind of make this so people can follow our zigzag as we go with this. But here in Florida, we enjoy um, a homestead exemption, right? So the first $50,000 of the value of your home, you do not pay taxes on. Correct, Toby? That's correct. There are other exemptions as well, but the the homestead portion of the exemptions is $50,000. Okay. And last week, Paul Renner was on the show, and uh, Brian, you heard him say that if they would adjust, and there's a bill before uh, the legislature this year to adjust the homestead exemption to inflation. And if they did that, the homestead exemption would become $138,000 because it hasn't been adjusted for inflation in forever. So if everybody's had a $138,000 homestead exemption, what would that do to Flagler Beach? Would that be trouble? It'd probably be more trouble for the residents because the cost of government remains pretty much the same, so taxes would have to go up. Mm-hmm. And I know they're also considering uh, adjusting the cap on the Save Our Homes from 3% to 2%. Okay, so, and explain that, Dale, the, the cap. The, the Save Our Homes constitutional amendment was adopted many years ago, and your, the taxable value or the assessed value of your home can only go up 3% or the rate of inflation, whichever is less. So for many, many years, um, property values would only go up by less than 2%, less than 1% when we didn't have to deal with inflation. But in the last three or four years, um, when inflation has been 5 6 7%, um, the values were capped at 3%. So the homeowners, property owners that have homestead exemptions benefit greatly from that. And I think that is the selling point for the state of Florida. Yeah, and the longer they live here, the, the better it is. Correct. Mm-hmm. And that value or that savings is indicated on your your tax bills. It mm-hmm. shows you what the benefit to your taxes are through the the result of save our homes. Toby, give us an example on the three percent cap. Okay, let's let's take a real person here. How about Brian McMillan? He's he's a real guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so, so. say uh, um, he bought a house. How long have you owned your house, Brian? Uh, since twenty eleven. All right, so just roughly, he bought his house twenty eleven values have gotten way up, right? You've done well yep. with the value of your house. Probably more than double. I, I can... Sh- okay, so with a 3% cap, meaning that... Explain what the 3% cap does and why it's so good for Brian, but not so good for the people coming in that would buy his house today. Well, I can, I have an example. It's my my house is not for sale, by the way. Well, my, my condo, <laughs> I sold my condo this year. Okay, and uh, the, this year's taxes on my condo or happen to be within a dollar of the 2017 taxes and i mean that's kind of coincidental mm. because through these years in between it's gone up and down fifty dollars eighty dollars a year but it's within a dollar but yet the just value mar- the assessed market market value has doubled during that same period of time so uh, that's pretty remarkable and that's just uh you know, it's six years. So it's doubled, but your taxes... My taxes are the same. Are the same. Within a dollar. Except for... Amazing. Say, you know, like, let's compare Brian. I have yet to buy a house, but I'm in the process of buying a house. So if I buy a house directly across the street from Brian, same neighborhood, same street, same city, same services, my tax bill, given because the taxes will reset to more or less the purchase price mm-hmm. where Brian's enjoyed that 3% cap. So my taxes may be 
50, 75, 100% more than Brian's. Or more. Or more. Or and more. so, yeah, the, the property tax is one of the most inequitable forms of taxation we have. But until somebody can come up with a different way of doing it, and they'll, they'll become very rich because they could sell it to everybody across the country, th that's the method that we as governments are forced to, how we're forced to finance so, our... But it's, in, it's inequitable um, to somebody, but if you change it, it'll just change the inequality to somebody else. So, exactly. You know, let's go back to, Save Our Homes was in the early 1990s, I believe, 1993. And the, the, the uh, facts behind it, uh, how it uh, was invented, this new scheme, was that there were people on fixed incomes, just as there still are today, that were being priced and taxed out of their homes. Their taxes would go up along with their value of their home and home values in, in Florida, they've had, you know, we have our uh, peaks and valleys, but the Florida long-term trend for real estate values is up substantially and, and probably more so than much of the rest of the country. So it's something you can count on. And if you're in a fixed income and your taxes go up, it's like the value of my condo doubled in six years. Uh, Doubling the tax would be something I've, I might not have been able to have afforded. Now, my taxes were, were $2,200 on uh, the condo, but if a, somebody moved in from out of town who was not, they, they weren't bringing portability, and that's another topic, but if they were just starting from scratch uh, and they were not homesteaded, the taxes would be over $8,000 on my condo. Same condo, same same value. So if someone moves from New York and mm -hmm. buys your condo. Mm -hmm. and, and if they are homesteaded, it'll still be about 7200 hmm. versus 2200 Wow. Oh, and the, and the benefit <laughs> for Saver Homes is definitely of great value. Where it becomes problematic is in the unfortunate downturn of housing values because mm -hmm. the taxes or the value – and the difference is the market value or just mm -hmm. value, as you call it here in Florida, and the assessed value, there's that gap. Mm -hmm. What happens is when the housing... They can recapture. Well, no. Well, no. It, the problem really develops when the housing values drop, mm -hmm. but your taxes keep going up because people start saying, well, my housing values drop. Why are my taxes still going well, up? So your, your assessed value can still go up 3%. Until they intersect each yeah, other. So right. as the value, mm -hmm. the just value drops, the, the taxable value or assessed value has to keep going up until they reach the same value. Mm -hmm. But until the protected value is gone. The correct, so then at that point, people start arguing, well, now you should peg the value or the taxes to the market value mm -hmm. on its downturn. But it's, they, the homeowners benefited for decades mm -hmm. with, the, with the adjustment. And mm -hmm. yes, it is hard to recapture that, but that's where the problem develops when housing values plummet. Yeah, and I saw both sides of it. When I moved here in 2000, built a new home. And for the first six years I was here, my values went up, the value of the house just about doubled in market value. But then when the market went potty, my value went down. My protected value got s smaller and smaller, and finally disappeared. Correct. Right. We so, should have had we should have had this on video because Dale Martin was doing some very useful line graphs with his hands as we were <laughs> as we were doing. <laughs> so, um, new residents to let's just talk Flagwood B. It applies to everybody, but with um, um, so new residents are more valuable to um, Flagler Beach than people that have lived there for a long time. <laughs> 
definitely, unless as Toby, <laughs> and, and, unless as Toby brought up, they're aware of the concept of portability. New residents from out of state or not Florida that do, do portability, portability in, in a very short term or short summary is you can take your tax savings from where you lived previously in Florida and move them to your new home in Florida. But if you move from New York, you don't have portability. You move from Miami, you can take your tax savings or a proportion of your tax savings <clears throat> and carry that forward to Flagler Beach. So and, and so, hence the word you hate Ponzi scheme, because the cost of running Flagler Beach, the city, is going up and up with inflation and everything else, right? Correct. Okay. And yet the amount of taxes that are going or could even possibly go up or minimal from those that have lived there for a long time, back to what Toby said, the ones that well, no, actually the, the, tax, the taxes can go up. The assessed value can't go up. The tax more uh, beyond the three percent cap, and the taxable okay. value can't, but the millage rate sure can. Right. Okay. Well, and then that's a political um, thing too, because people like it how they are. So if if everything just stopped on Flagler Beach, where nobody sold their houses, nobody built new ones, everybody, hey, I like it. This is Shangri-La. You know, I'm living on the Atlantic Ocean in Florida. I've got cheap taxes. I'm covered for everything. I got water and sewer and all that kind of stuff. Let's just leave it how it is for the next 20 years and not do a thing. What would happen to Flagler Beach? Yeah, government services would diminish. You know, maintenance would be deferred um, because, yeah, you're still going to have labor costs and, and uh, supplies uh, increase. And that's where the, the challenge you run into is if, if people's homes and, and taxable values are capped at 3%, but inflation is 8%. I mean, we've seen what the labor market has done. I mean, you're paying, you know. for a Big Mac out in California. Um, So the wages go up. I mean, we're no different than a, than a business that had now has to pay higher wages. And so you look at different ways, you you try to find imaginative ways to reduce your costs, but at the same time, try to maintain your services. Yeah. The uh, cost, cost of government, I I think you could say it's almost axiomatic that cost of government goes up faster than the CPI. It's certainly the government is subject to CPI and inflation cost going up labor and materials costs, but there are other things that are within the governmental system that that uh, are, it, it's like kind of like a shell game. You get it, like the Palm Coast is a beautiful city. I love Palm Coast. It's got a great trail system. It's got uh, beautifully landscaped medians. You know, Beltaire is just is really awesome. The, the, the median is landscaped so nicely in Palm Coast Parkway. But a lot of that work was done with grant money. The grant money installed the new landscaping. It built the new trail system, but it doesn't maintain it. And so the government gets gets caught. And that's part of the other uh, concept. I, you know, we talked about taxes, and that's where the big, the big dollars uh, are transferred to new people coming in. But new development is also another way to transfer funds to somebody else. And for instance, all new development, the municipality, it's not like the old days anymore. The, a developer can't build roads, streets, or according to the municipal standards and then convey the streets over to the city. The cities aren't taking them anymore. So they're requiring that these developments form uh, owners associations to carry forward on the maintenance for not just the, the infrastructure, but the amenities and pretty much everything, the co- all the common area. But yet the, there's no 
they don't get a cut on their taxes. For instance, Palm Coast has uh, a stormwater management system that, that is problematic. And ongoing maintenance is fairly substantial and ongoing and always will be. But the new developments are required to maintain, uh, contain all their additional stormwater within their own property. So they're not really, they're not using the swales. They're not using the ditches and the canals, but they're still paying the stormwater management fee, which is, by the way, going up like 75% or some huge number in the next five years. They don't get credit for, uh, you may have an amenity center, like Grand Haven has two amenity centers, two they got pickleball courts, tennis courts, and everything. But they don't get any credit on their taxes for the fact that the residents are not using. Uh, they're not using the city. They're, they're, they're not using the city's amenities. So there's no there's no tax credit, and so, so that's another way that the uh, existing residents. The, the infill residents benefit from the new development. We're going to talk about growth here in Flagler County. We're going to talk about growth on Flagler Beach. Where can Flagler Beach grow? I mean, how much more land do you have? And uh, guy with all the answers, Dale Martin, who is our city manager, <laughs> Flagler Beach, also in the studio. Anna Maria Wong, we're going to be hearing from you. You've been quiet, shaking your head yes and no, rolling your eyes. <laughs> Toby Tobin, mostly rolling your eyes with Toby Tobin. Me too sometimes. And uh, Brian McMillan, Toby's the host of Real Estate Matters on uh, Saturday mornings at 11 here on WNCF. We'll be right back. It's bumpy, and your driveway is dumpy. Call R.D. and Sons Paving. They've been paving since 1959. Driveways, walkways, stone and gravel. Repairs, too. They beat competitor prices. R.D. and Sons Paving. 386-302-3406. If somebody knocks on your door or a telemarketer's on your phone, you know it's not us. Hi, folks. This is Bill Gallagher with SolarFit. If you've been thinking about solar, we want you to knock on our door or call us. SolarFit's been a part of this community for over 47 years, and our customers love us. Couldn't say it if it wasn't true. Now's the time to go solar for your home or business. Give us a call at 445-7606. Solar fit your life and set yourself free with the sun's free energy. This is Memory Hopkins of Memory Hopkins Real Estate. It's a name you can't forget. From lighthouse to lighthouse, St. Augustine to New Smyrna Beach, my team and I cover all of your residential, commercial, and property management needs. We are your local realtor with a longer reach. Find us at memoryhopkins.com. Memory Hopkins. Thank you for being a sponsor of all of our sponsors here on WNZF Free for All Friday, keeping us going on the road because we don't get grants. We don't get uh, donations here. We just got uh, great listeners and great guests and uh, great advertisers. And uh, so same thing. I know, Brian, you with the newspaper couldn't do it without your advertisers. Right on. There's uh, It's important to have that marketplace you know, available out there. So I think... It's great that there's uh, places to advertise. Support your local media. Right on. We should do a campaign. We should. All right. I'll buy some ads in the paper saying support your local radio stations. And Sounds good. Okay. We'll buy some ads <laughs> on the radio saying support your newspaper. All right. Hey, if you just tuned in, we are talking about money and supporting. And um, Toby Tobin, of course, I learned a lot uh, from your real estate matters. You know, sometimes numbers go flying by on the radio and I'm like, all right, trying to follow what's going on with it. And then it's like, OK, what's the bottom line? The bottom line I get here living, first of all, you love Palm Coast. Uh, Dale, you, you said you do love 
Flagler Beach coming from Fernandina. You're glad to leave that one behind, and you've got a whole new chapter in your life and in leadership, and uh, everybody is uh, following that. Uh, Anna Marie along with uh, our executive officer of the Flagler Home Builders Association. You know, there's growth coming, whether you're anti-growth or not, or, you know, and there's varying degrees of it. You know, there's the, well, I'm for growth, but just not in my backyard, as you call the NIMBYs. Mm-hmm. I, get, I get all that, and I understand it. Um, but I see the bottom line is going to cost us all a lot more money to continue living here in Flagler County. Is that true? Yeah, it's, it's going to cost more whether we have new residents moving in or not. That's, that's my big point. Now, I think people tend to conflate the uh, property tax increases with growth, and they think that the, the property taxes are going up because of growth. They're going up less than they would have because of growth, and growth really is subsidizing uh, the cost of government. The and the choking, you know, because we're talking right now about taxes and things, but now you throw the whole insurance thing on top of it, where even people like you lived in a condo. What was the condo you lived in? at? Uh, where T- was it? Tidelands. Tidelands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you're hearing with these condos and the HOAs now where insurance companies are not covering, particularly the older built ones, because of the, what was it, the sunrise collapse. And there well, how many of these other ones are ready to collapse that were built back in those times? And now people that thought they were living their dream life in retirement, somewhat fixed income, and they're in a condo where the insurance is is going, you know, where they've got to cover it one way or another, right? I mean, you're following that, Anna Maria? Yes, the homeowner's insurance uh, saga, you know, began with a bunch of bad actors. They were roofers. Um, not that all roofers are bad, but the ones that came in and went around, especially to the elderly and said, hey, uh, I, saw, I found roof damage up there and I'm going to get you a new roof. It's going to cost you nothing. And then they held up our insurance companies in litigation for oh, even over a year in many cases. That's one of the main things that caused our insurance rates to skyrocket. And then unfortunately, the oversight from the state just was not there until we got into a real pickle. Mm-hmm. And so we can expect insurance rates to continue going. This is I'm not all doom and gloom about this. The because, insurance but, rates will come down, but they're going to come down slowly. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they're going to continue to skyrocket, but because of legislation and some caps, there will be a evening out, I guess I'll say. Yeah, it's um, but take it's going to take time. It's, it's, it's like the, 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 the pig going through the python. Yes. The, the, the legislation that was passed last session... Um, it was beneficial, but it's not an immediate reaction. Yeah. So, all right. So there is, okay, now, so, all right, all this, oh, my God, you know, if nobody, you know, where where is other revenue going to come from other than me to enjoy my quality of life and living how, how I do and everything? Brian, where is there hope in this? Um, I don't know. I'm just going to pile on another of the doom and gloom parts of it. <laughs> Um, but I talked to somebody yesterday who's, you know, lived in Orlando for a long time and, um, he comes to Palm coast has been here for five years. And I asked him, what do you think about the traffic here? And my thought was, he's going to say, Oh man, it's so much less than it was in Orlando. Like Orlando was horrible. And he looked at me and said, in the past five years, it has gotten noticeably worse. Hmm. And he said, I, it took me 18 minutes. He timed it. It took me 18 minutes to go basically one mile through multiple stoplights in Palm Coast on Palm Coast Parkway. And you know where we're talking about, where he's talking about the old Kings Road, Palm Coast Parkway, you know, on either side of that. 
And I think that when we talk about all this, all these different factors, those kind of things are super noticeable for people who, you know, sit through it. Right. Traffic is like the number one thing they see. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But it's so, it's so visible, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's, yeah. it's like a, it's, it's an, a direct impact on my quality of life. And so what, so if, if we think of this as a different way, yes, that is going to happen, but it is worth it because what, Toby? Well, it's, uh, the road system is something, they don't go out and widen the roads well before they need to be widened. They get widened when people start complaining that it's, it's the traffic is too bad. So then you start the process, which is you have, to engin- you have to engineer it. They and, did the traffic and, study in Palm Coast. Yeah, so they recognize the, that there's a problem and changes and solutions will come. But, but it takes like two years to widen the road. Now, I, I've, I have family over on the west coast of Florida, so I've driven the eye for corridor for over 25 years. And I've tried to find a way to get through Orlando traffic. <laughs> and I even tried at 3 a.m. in the morning. And, you know, it's, it's no better because they do a lot of construction at 3 in the morning. And they got it all closed down. There's not, there aren't many cars, but they're all on one lane. You just can't. You See can't now, I, I, I look at I look at you as kind of like a complaining, cratchy old guy here about this, <laughs> because here's the thing: people that just move here from other. I'll apologize off the air for that, but <laughs> oh, okay. you're not the first to say that. <laughs> but but here's the thing: you know, people that just move here from Atlanta or Tampa or Orlando that here, they're like, "What are you Paradise. guys bitching about?" Mm-hmm. I mean, look at if you know if. It, it really isn't that bad at all. It's only bad for the people that have been here for a long time where there wasn't hardly anybody here. Well, to See, Brian's point, my toxic trait, 100%, I've, I've lived here for 30 years. I still believe that I can get across town in five minutes. <laughs> and you know what? On a Sunday mid-morning, like, while people are in church, I typically can. The rest of the time, that 18 minutes is pretty accurate. Um, eventually, I will learn to time for that. And... <laughs> At the same time, though, I, I look around and I see everything that's come here. You know, I graduated from FPC and what is town center used to just be trees. And now there's all these opportunities for employment, for shopping, uh, for people to get together and have community events. That wasn't there before. So I, I can take a couple minutes in the car for all these benefits. Okay, well, good. And, yeah. and I, f- I feel the same way. Yeah, I, wasn't, I wasn't complaining about the roads, by the way. I was explaining why it's always going to be a visible problem because you don't start the improvement until after you yeah. need it. And then it takes two or three years See, to accomplish. The so do you think he's not crotchety? He's just not, he's I'm, just I'm accurately really describing a, something. I'm just a sweet <laughs> octogenarian. <laughs> All right. So so overall, if you just came to Palm Coast for the first time ever, never Flagler County, whatever, and driving around, would you would your first thing say, "Wow, the traffic in this town sucks"? I don't think so. No. I think people no. would, I would say, say it's but, so pretty. But, but that's yeah, why that's why you. I brought up that that's why I brought up that example because I thought this guy was going to say oh yeah it's way better than orlando i don't know why people complain but he was complaining about it still because because it's still year one year one he was like exactly this is so good is he an old crotchety complaining guy but he did he's older than me he said it he said it was worse than it it's worse than it was five years ago he didn't say it's worse than orlando right right. orlando you can sit in one place for 17 minutes Mm -hmm. without moving Good. Okay. So counter blessings for what we have right now. Okay. So now Toby, okay. And take us for it. Well, first of all, Dale, I want to go back to you. 
Um, so there are financial pressures on Flagler Beach. You have infrastructure that needs to be gone, you know, and um, you've got uh, you've got some good money from the state, at least for your um, for your sewer system. Right. Correct. OK. Um, what about how do you where do you grow? How do you how, what can Flagler Beach do? And this parallels Palm Coast, Benal and all the municipalities. What can you do to offset the increasing expenses to run the city provide quality of life without it being the burden to the homeowners the property the the taxpayers and the businesses where do you go from that i think we just need to be creative um you know to stick with the uh the traffic concept um a lot of it is is um we design everything around the car and you know historically throughout civilization cities evolved as marketplaces and we don't have a parking problem we don't have a walking problem we have a design problem and we need to find a way to more instead of spreading further out really the only place that if there were interest in in adding land to flagler beach is to the west because we have beverly beach to our north and we have volusia county to the south we do have a few homes that do fall into volusia county but going that way is is not realistic so how do we find a way to redevelop the, the towns, our real town center um, as a hub of marketplace and make it walkable because, you know, there's, there's a book that I'm reading that I, I'm shamelessly plugging. It's called Your City is Sick. And it talks about, yeah, you need to get people back walking because it affects our, if you could find a way like our grandparents did to, to not have to use a car, how much money do you put? Because we are so, we are completely reliant on a car now. Our families move far in our way. You, you, don't, you can't walk down the street. You can't walk to the, to the neighborhood market. So how can we get creative and redevelop and encourage developers to take properties that are already in town in that commercial, that market hub, and redevelop that and return that, reduce the cost, and, and provide employment opportunities that people can walk, whether it's a hotel, whether it's a marketplace, whether it's a restaurant. But we keep sprawling out and, and relying more and more on that car and the frustration of t- having more traffic. And you can do the mixed use and have retail exactly. below and residential yeah. above. And, you know, that's diversifying your tax base while also creating walkability to exactly. the person yep. could have a job and everything. Well, you know, but you're saying you're boxed in. You can't go, obviously, out to the ocean, even though they are going to be extending the beach. But that doesn't help you any with the uh, dredging Correct. going on. Right. Um, and then you can't go north south, you know, you go like west a, a little bit. What about you, up? You can't go over 35 feet either. Right. Well, you can't go and, too and, far and, up. And say, yeah, right. And we're actually have a, we currently have a moratorium on 35 because when I got here, yes, it is in the city charter that you can, that there's a 30 foot, 35 foot high limit. But mm-hmm. there are exceptions to that. And I think there are times when some of those exceptions are being exploited. So, but, but the community in my mind, they all understand that in the city charter, there's a 35-foot height limit, but they don't read the fine print that says, as described in the land sh- development code. Elevator shaft correct. extension, so the air, hotel, condi- air conditioning. Right. So mm-hmm. the hotel is actually going to be 47 feet because of mechanical equipment, ornamental features, things like that. But mm-hmm. but the general public, so we're it's kind of more of a, an emphasis for public awareness to say, yes, the charter says 35 feet, but... There's fine print that says there's exceptions. How tall is the leaky tower? Well, that was prior to the... Yeah, but I mean, how I tall is it? It goes all the way up to the leaky part. 
<laughs> I mean, what? How many feet is that? A hundred? I mean, a hundred? What? I mean, I, I would know. think it. I think it's I mean, so actually what, eight stories. All right. Stories. So if somebody said, "I want to put ten leaky towers into Flagler Beach," right? There'll be you know businesses and shops below. There'll be condos. There'll be all those kind of things. Wouldn't that would that be a good thing? No, I don't think the community. I think this is a a low key beachside community that they enjoy. 35, you know, 25, 35 foot, two, three story buildings at most. Okay. Well, right. And the parking issue, I have a friend in, that lives in Flagler Beach that says Flagler Beach does not have a parking problem. Flagler Beach has a resident, people who don't want to walk more than two blocks to the beach problem. But, but that's not a Flagler, that's every community right. where, you know, yeah, and you, exactly. yeah, you find the people want to park in front of, of the business where they're going, they don't want to walk. And so how do we incentivize, as Anna Marie mm -hmm. said, create those multi-use places where people don't have to rely on a car? Mm -hmm. No, Palm Coast has one of the lowest walking scores in, in the state. And we've got, you know, 140 miles worth of trails, but you have to get in your car to drive to right. the trail. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in Europe, they do, they have this, um, oh, I keep, what's the term? It's the third uh like a third location so instead of your home or your work there's this third location where people go so after work and after school families will bring we, we their call dinner them bars <laughs> yes we do you're right yes here we call them bars mm -hmm. because there's a cost associated and what's it 10 bucks to get a drink now minimum plus tipping your server all of that in europe you can maybe go get a espresso for two dollars or a beer for three dollars and your kids go play in the park and you're with your neighbors and you're congregating and no one had to drive there. Mm -hmm. Hey, give us a little insight into the building community as executive officer of the Flagler Home Builders Association. We heard about all the supply chain type problems and prices going up and delays and everything. Are we past that now? And are prices coming down? Is the cost to build a house becoming more reasonable? Prices are not coming down. They did stop jumping though. Um, the supply chain issues are overall resolved. However, certain items will still become more delayed and they're not coming in as quickly as they were prior to the COVID craziness. Um, the cost is not coming down because of that, as well as uh, impact fees are having to be raised in municipalities across the board. And that contributes to the regulatory fees. Those contribute to a large portion of our housing. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to just interject. Uh, one of the city council members uh, in an anti-growth speech talked mm -hmm. about impact fees being they're, they're next to nothing. They're, they're just a no. shiny, shiny penny. They're in Palm Coast they're around $21,000. And, and that's like 20 times the annual uh, Ed Valorum city tax that a homesteaded or non-homesteaded person would pay. Correct. Almost 20 times what a homesteaded person yeah, would Yeah, so pay. when you're looking at the cost of housing, you, know, you can just knock $21,000 right there in the city of Palm Coast. That's going to impact fees. Um, now, I recognize the, the necessity for impact fees, and as much as I'd love to just say, hey, impact fees are bad because paying them is not fun, that's how we, that's what new growth does. They pay for, and impact fees can only be used to create new capacity, and there's lots of laws governing that. Um, they get, sometimes we have to back them, though. They get passed on to the consumer, but it is yes. finance, so it's not like you're getting a $20,000 bill right up. Right. Front. But my, my question is actually, you know, we're talking about these behavior problems, like people aren't don't want to walk or they want to drive too much, or what you're talking about, Anna Maria, with 
seems like it would be nice if we could have somebody live in a bigger building, shop below, work, you know. So, it's, but I've heard this kind of stuff for a long time. Why doesn't it actually happen? I mean, is it not economically feasible for a builder to do that and to make money on it? I mean, why, why, do, why do we not see very much of this mixed use? Well, we do see in other areas, you know, like Orlando, if you go driving through Orlando, you'll see this more where there's an apartment building and then you have retail underneath. Um, I don't know if the first, I don't know that it would be allowed in many, at least in Palm Coast. Um, if it was, then because we would have it's to, too tall, possibly or, because it's too tall. Um, I know they're working on that, that um, Marina community that there's arguments back and forth with city council of how much retail space there has to be, how much green space there has to be, how much residence there has to be. And you also have to attract the businesses that are going to be there. You know, you need that investment upfront for the cost of building it. And then you need to know that people are actually going to come fill that. We know the apartment or condos, whatever those would be, would get filled. Um, you know, history tells us that. And the positive side is you have to have varied types of housing to have a healthy community. But we also have to know that our retailers are going to come in, whether that's a mom and pop market that, you know, sits in there. So you can actually, I don't know, walk downstairs and get some fresh fruits and vegetables um, or whatever you forgot at the grocery store to make dinner. Mm -hmm. And then also have some retail, some office space. But there, there's a lot to that goes into planning that. You have to have a lot of people committed to it. What's, um, Dale, just uh, we're going to have to wrap it up here a little bit, but I wanted to um, kind of give us an overview, Flagler Beach, the, um, the hotel coming in. You know, of course, some people that don't want anything. Hey, I liked it the way it was. And um, where are we going to park for, uh, you know, first Friday <laughs> or whatever, all those kind of things to it. What's your uh, what's your overall take? You know, somebody that really didn't know Flagler Beach and said, "Hey, you're a city manager at Flagler Beach. You know, what's the what's the good, bad, and the ugly of it?" I think the hotel is it's it, they're very aggressive with their construction. Um, there have been minimal problems. Um, it, it's change. I think that's the biggest problem. It is change, um, but it's going well. Um, the beach renovation project, which really the county is the lead agency, but it's going to affect us. That's moving forward. We had an industry meeting uh, earlier this week. There were three contractors that are interested in bidding on the project. Uh, it'll be out for bids uh, the month of March next year, and the bid will be awarded or opened on April 1st. So hopefully that construction will start uh, in the middle of the summer, mid-July. Um, and then the pier project, we are, I believe we're on the cusp of getting all the state permits, and there's only one federal agency, National Marine Fisheries, um, to have them sign off on it. Um, so hopefully all the permitting for the pier, for the beach renourishment, uh, everything seems to be falling into place and the, the current schedule is, is looking good. So it's- What about your wastewater treatment plant? We are moving forward with uh, the design uh, of that. Uh, we, we actually have a screw press to, to improve some of the processing because um, we use drying beds right now. Um, so we're, we've got the 90% uh, drawings earlier this week. Um, so that's moving forward. Got to, funding? Yes, sir. That's that's mm -hmm. the state funding. Mm -hmm. um, that We did sign um, the, uh, late last night at the city commission meeting. We did have to go into a consent order with the Department of Environmental Protection due to several sewer spills, 
from between 2020 and 2022. So we will have to publish in a local paper the consent order, uh, but basically that says we have to uh, prepare several types of documents. And it, there is a civil fine of approximately $18,000, but if we do an in-kind project um, that that uh, is of that value, the fine is is waived. So we plan on pursuing an in-kind project and, and make other improvements to our wastewater system to forego the fine. But that'll have to be published, and that was the city commission approved that consent order last night. Okay, cool. Are you positive? Are you worried up at night going, my God, how are we going to cover all these things? And uh, It's a great community. I think the community is wonderfully supportive. Um, it, it's an exceptional culture and i look forward to trying to enhance and expand that culture what do you try what's your ask um for 2024 legislative session for flagler beach we asked for uh extending a water main north on lambert avenue because right now the the water system is somewhat vulnerable because there's only one our water plant is actually in palm coast mm -hmm. um and so we pipe the water there's only one transmission main that crosses the intercoastal um so the everybody on the island uh, is is vulnerable if that water main is is disrupted or, or damaged. So we put in and asked uh, to run a water main up Lambert Avenue under the bridge and cross the intercoastal at the northern city limits to have uh, redundancy for our water distribution. What kind of price tag is that? Uh, about one point five million dollars. Wow, that's nothing. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hey, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. I always like to kind of do a little Christmassy thing here on uh, Free for All Friday before we come back. I've got somebody that just walked in, and I think he could be a perfect suspect um, to have him come in and uh, tell a story of something kind of cool that he did in, uh, yesterday. And uh, we'll mystery guy, and um, we'll be right back. Driveway is dumpy. Call R.D. and Sons Paving. They've been paving since 1959. Driveways, walkways, stone and gravel. Repairs, too. They beat competitor prices. R.D. and Sons Paving. 386-302-3406. So you're ready to list it? We're ready to sell it. This is Sam Perkovich, broker owner of Parkside Realty Group. Stop by our office in Town Center or call us at 302-0300. Visit us online at parksiderealtygroup.net. So I wanted to come back to Pompos where I live, and they gave me the opportunity to work with them. What we're trying to do is really help provide more efficiency in how government officials are being able to see their data and so that they can also improve the type of um, decision making. Nine fifty-two, free for all Friday, and good discussion here with Dale Martin, our city manager out on Flagler Beach, and also Anna Maria Long with the she is executive officer of the Flagler Home Builders Association. Toby Tobin, always uh, fun to have you on and listen to you. Your show is um, controversial sometimes, gets me in trouble, but um, I stand behind you. Thank you. All right. All right, uh, our mystery guy said I like a Christmas story. Swing a microphone over to uh, to uh, to Joel. You know, okay, where's your dog, Oliver? I thought, actually, we invited him on, and you were supposed to come with him. Yeah, I know. He's, um, had to get a bath this morning. 
So he <laughs> decided he chased a deer and he does what uh, Goldens do. They roll all around and uh, want to get that scent. And well, it was th- not, not a good scent for us in the home. So. <laughs> well, thank you for not bringing him today. <laughs> all right. All right, Joel, you, um, uh, been around, you've been on the show for yeah, a lot absolutely. of different things. And um, Granny Nannies is your yeah. company. You do things. And yesterday, well, I always look for good local Christmas stories. So tell us your Christmas story yesterday. What happened? Well, I'll tell you, we've been uh, doing a program for the past seven years, and it's called A Santa to a Senior. And basically, we started off just having a bunch of kids from the 4-H club and uh, a couple guitars, and we would go around to the nursing homes and sing Christmas carols and try to bring some cheer to the folks in the uh, nursing homes. And then Rick Staley uh, got to, and I got together and said, you know, there's a huge need because when you go into the nursing homes, you, you go into the rooms, all they have is a couple pairs of clothing and a couple pairs of shoes and that's it. And they're just sitting in there and nobody comes to visit them. No one comes to do. So we decided to uh, get with the community and try to see if we can come up with something. And, and like I brought a few bags here for you guys. And these, it, this is the, the joyful giving of many leaders in the community. We called and said, Hey, can you, are you able to donate 200 items? And we're able, we're going to put them all. We're going to do a Santa to senior Rick uh, or Sheriff Staley's going to um, uh, be there. And uh, we had uh, Chief Williams and a bunch of other police officers and Granny Danny's 4-H club. And we were around yesterday and we passed out 227 uh, stockings full of great goodies that the uh, community has given what us. What were the uh, reactions you got? Were they surprised? They were absolutely shocked. They what, a lot of them were crying. A lot of them were like saying, well, we don't have any money. Please, you know, I don't know what, um, we're like, no, this is compliments of the, uh, you know, Flower County Sheriff's Department and Granny Nannies and there's no charge. And when they pulled out, like I, I brought a few here, you see they got the stuffed animals. Well, they, it was it was a great experience. And, and every year, I know Sheriff won't admit it, but there's a tear in his eye. Absolutely, when you walk out of them. It, it's, it's an amazing uh, program and again it's just to give give a little bit of back to the people that they don't have anything mm-hmm. so. you know we talked about um how like what does joel get out of it tear in your eye you know <laughs> i do it's it's satisfaction I, I god's been good to me i've been doing granny nanny staff for about 22 years which it's amazing you know that i've been around this long and you know it's just a way to give back um you know a lot of people can't sell they, they, there's nobody there to celebrate christmas you know and uh, so this little thing here is just something small we do we're going to try to ramp it up a little larger but it, it, it's hard when you go to um like there's a new person i'm going to give him kudos uh chris townsend he opened up a new um uh, mobility yeah. place yeah. right up the street mm-hmm. well he donated uh 200 uh beanie babies be active mobility be yeah. active yeah mm-hmm. he donated 200 of those so you know it's just like I said, it's a community issue it, or event, and it's just something that we we're trying to grow. Get a little well, that's so cool you do that, and this community is full of people that go do things. I know the Flagler Beach Rotary Club, what they do out in is it Hastings or I mean out in to, they really I've been, I was out there and see. Uh, of course, Nadine King and oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, all the, yeah, the different clubs and, and individuals and churches and things like that. And um, in a smaller community, I think you can have a bigger effect on on people that um, than you can in a big metro. It's you know, and, and you know who the uh, the biggest hit was? 
um, Oliver, my uh, my golden. Uh, he's in a couple pictures, and they all everybody wanted to pet Oliver. Everybody, you know, he was uh, he was the. Uh, the hit of the of the, of the thing. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you, Joel. Oh, my Appreciate pleasure. My pleasure. Um, you for that. We got to wrap it up here, but uh, Christmas wishes. From we'll start with uh, Dale Martin. Go away on over there. So, Merry Christmas to you, everybody on Flagwood Beach. Final comments. Thank you. Uh, just a shameless plug. The city has a new event. We are going to launch fireworks at midnight on New Year's Eve. So, I invite the community to come on out and. Uh, hopefully this will start a new tradition, but Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to everybody. All right. Thanks. Same to you, Dale. All right. Anna Marie Long. Yeah. Final notes are we need growth and it provides for the communities. It provides jobs and per- most importantly provides housing for us to live in. Um, we look forward to seeing what our county grows into. Okay. All right. Toby Tobin. Well, Joel, thank you. Uh, as, as you know, my wife is an Alzheimer's patient, so she will appreciate this gift oh my pleasure and merry glad, christmas glad to, to you thank you okay brian mcmillan yeah it's just it's a it's a wonderful time of year everyone's you know trying to do their best to uplift everyone's spirits and i think that's wonderful to to celebrate so hope everyone has a merry christmas and happy holidays make good memories with your family and remember that there's some people that are probably feeling pretty lonely at this point so i think granny nannies i mean Huge kudos to seeing that need and trying to, to fill it, and hopefully we can all do our part in our own way as well. Okay. Uh, we have one other um, person here. Hey, good morning. Great morning. <laughs> Another beautiful day in beautiful Bonnell, Florida. It is. <laughs> wish everyone a happy New Year's, and uh, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And hopefully you will come out tonight to our Christmas in Bonnell. Uh, uh, it's, uh, we're going to have food trucks, uh, music, entertainment, uh, lots of fun, and uh, we invite the community out. This is Benel at its best. All right. going to be good tonight. Weather will be good. Enjoy it today, tonight, Friday, because Saturday it comes through. That's why Starlight uh, Parade canceled for good reason and everything. So yes, it's tonight yes, in, yes. in Benel. Everybody's welcome. Come on out. Don't sit around being feeling love. Feel the Christmas spirit. Alvin Jackson has it every day, right? You got, uh, hey, you're up, your brother uh, from uh, Flagler Beach is here, Dale Martin, if you want to say hi to him. Hey, Alvin. Hey, how's it going, Dale? Uh, hopefully you get a chance to come out tonight to the J.B. King Park I'll head uh, in Benel. I'll head over that way. Okay, thank you. All right, he'll walk over. <laughs> yes, yes. <Yeah. laughs> all right alvin merry christmas thank you all right we're gonna be thank li- you all. yeah and thank you kicks country our sister station will be live tonight from uh from Benel at the park and talking to all the kids and things so all right anybody else any other final words uh um well if you uh if you want to see the uh the the granny nannies giveaway i believe we had a reporter there so you can thank you for that yeah Yeah, that was really good absolutely so you can read all about it on observerlocalnews.com in in the next day or two and and we're going to put an ad in the observer thanking every vendor and if any vendor wants to that's listening who wants to be part of that uh we'll have an address and a way to for them to be part of that fantastic that's great all right everybody take care have a good weekend be safe pay attention to the weather don't go surfing and uh (laughs) everybody uh enjoy your weekend be safe and be kind merry christmas merry christmas
Serving Flagler County for over a decade. WNZF, 1550 AM, 94.9 FM, and W235 CW Benel.